Hello, and welcome to Connect Conversations, and the final part of our special mini-series on Eddie Sterley. Today, we welcome back Eddie's sister, Rose Warden, who sat down with artistic director Karen Gibbons-Brown to talk about the lasting impact of her brother's legacy. Fort Wayne Valley is so fortunate to present Eddie's pieces in one evening. I don't know that this has ever been done, so it's a first in many ways. I'd like to talk in this moment about the pieces that he created that we'll be performing and a little backstory, because the backstories are always some of the most interesting things, and it does help our audiences understand what they're about to see. So might we start there, Rose? I am so happy to speak to this subject. And Karen, it's not just because you're in the same room, but none (laughs) of this happens without you. And it's so beautiful what you bring to Fort Wayne, what you bring to your company, how you embrace everything that is needed to inspire dancers, to inspire the arts. I'm not even quite sure the community understands how important what you do is because for our culture, for our society, for what people need in life, the arts are so important because without them, people cannot grow as much as they can grow and share things together. And we need the arts more than ever because we don't want society pushing off in all of their own separate corners. We want them to come and experience the arts and understand the arts and take away from the arts. Each person takes away an inspiration from a different work. And something that you have done beautifully is bring all different kinds of work to Fort Wayne. And I am grateful you have brought my brother's work to this community. It is so special that my brother's work lives on. What he was able to create in a short amount of time is amazing for his age. It's so beautiful that you are trying to bring it to Fort Wayne and share it with the community. It's unique and diverse. Each piece is unique to itself. There will be three ballets on the program, Concerto Cambrio, La Cremosa, and Empyrean Dances. Concerto Cambrio was choreographed for North Carolina School of the Arts. And as an alumni, they invited my brother back at 19, 20 years old. He choreographed a full-length ballet for them. One of the dancers who was in the original choreography Deanna Say, she is the repertoire who has come back. You have brought her back to teach that work. She was inspired by my brother, and it is beautiful that she was one of the original people so that as she teaches it, she understands his inspiration for teaching it. To speak to Concerto Cambrio, my brother's intent for that piece was to really let women dance. What he learned when he was in the company or in class was that, yes, it's important to understand technique and placement and to hit lines and for everyone to match. But it's also important for people to dance from the heart, to fly, to dance with joy, to dance with spirit. And what Concerto Conbrio and the choreography in that allows is for women to really dance, to really jump to really turn and enjoy the music in a brisk, vigorous way. And there are men in the piece as well, and there's a beautiful pas de deux and partnering, but that was his intent for that piece. He wanted 
women to be able to really dance and turn and jump and uh, to enjoy it. And so as a young choreographer, he, you know, put it all out there and said, come on, ladies, you know, let's do it. Let's dance. Let's jump. And uh, I know they all enjoyed it because some of the original people have contacted us. And so when it comes to La Cremosa and his legacy, such a very important part of his legacy in that the solo piece in that, the whole entire ballet was built around the solo piece that he won a gold medal with. That piece starts with him upside down, and part of the piece has to do with the grief and the loss of losing someone you love, what that means to the person who is left behind, what it is like for the person who is experiencing it, that they have to lift the people through the whole way. But in that solo into itself, he starts the piece upside down. And it has a meaning in that, a spiritual meaning, just like in all religions, there's spiritual meanings. This one means like for St. Peter wasn't worthy enough. So he was crucified upside down, not the same as Christ. And so Eddie wanted it to represent that person. Nobody is perfect. You might not be a perfect person in this world, but no one is as good as whoever your God is. So that represents spiritually upside down. You start upside down and it finishes upside down. And how you begin in this earth is how you end on this earth. And on the journey, people are supporting you. And there is life and love. And then there is grief. And when he first choreographed Lacrimosa to his legacy, he choreographed it for Joffrey II. Later, it made its way into the main company, But he always, people said to him, you stand with the solo. And he goes, I have to do more. It isn't just about the passing. It's about life after death. And at the time he knew he was HIV, and yet he knew there would be life after death. And he knew that there is life after for the people who are left. And so that piece, while dedicated to Mr. Joffrey, really represented his own life. The last piece he choreographed, Empyrean Dances, he choreographed in really the last four to three months of his life. And his health was deteriorating through that journey. He had traveled Europe at that time, was inspired by different ruins that were in Greece and in Rome. And he saw, wow, there's still life in this place. We're dancing in a place where there's ruins all around us, but people still come here. People come here and have lunch and people come here and dance. And there's still life after there are ruins. And so he created the idea from that piece is let's create set pieces that are like stones that have fallen off a building and let's jump and leap off them. Let's create a beautiful pas de deux that a couple comes and spends time together in a romantic way there. Let's have a piece in it for all the men, like it's West Side Story, where they all came together and they're talking about how they're going to spend their evening. Let's start a piece where all the ensemble comes there to worship to the highest heavens. And so he had this idea about how in one place, there is still all these versions of life that still happen even though it is a place that, while at one time it was the center of the universe, at this time, while there are ruins there, life still goes on. 
And so he barely finished that piece with barely five T cells. He was there on stage and took his last bow at Lincoln Center and got a standing ovation from Lincoln Center. And then we spent about two hours at the gala, and then he got him back to the hospital, and he passed a couple days later. Just turns 23, and in that short period of time, really did beautiful works that are all unique to themselves. And um, so multiple times, different artists have contacted me and asked if the piece could be performed for competition, and it has been, and it has won silver and bronze medals multiple times. Several years ago, you brought uh, La Cremosa here, Empyrean Dances here. Richmond Ballet brought Concerto Cambrio back last year. Fort Wayne, thanks to you, is bringing all of the pieces here, which is so incredibly exciting. His works will be performed for a weekend. And something also that happened unbeknownst to us was about a year ago, we find out that his work was going to be performed at the Royal London Coliseum, the Lacrimosa Solo, with all of the greatest ballet dancers in the world to raise money for Ukraine, dance for Ukraine. We were so inspired. My first thought was like, oh my gosh, like we didn't know. Why didn't you tell us? And my second thought was, wow, that's where his work belongs with all the greatest ballet dancers in the world because his life and legacy has lived on through different threads. And uh, some of the beauty of when you bring the pieces here, Karen, is that it allows me to reach out and contact other people that he has worked with, and they share with us how he has inspired them. His work has inspired them. So I know how his legacy lives on through that way, but that shows the importance of the arts. It shows the importance of the arts in Fort Wayne. The arts bring people together. It is a shared resource. And with our culture, our communities, we can't live without it. It's color. It's color. You know, when I first became interested in these pieces... I remember doing some research, and I found an article that talked about they compared Eddie to Balanchine. Balanchine had passed away. Mr. Joffrey was gone as well. Who was going to take up the mantle of the next great choreographer for the remainder of that time, the 20th century and into the 21st? Who was going to propel dance forward? And Eddie was compared to Balanchine in that manner. He would be the next great choreographer. And as I think about the short time that he gave us as both a dancer and a choreographer, I often wonder what we have missed. What would this world of dance be like if he had been able to continue? Oh, it brings tears to my eyes to think about it because he was just starting. I know. He was just beginning. His breath of work in such a short time was momentous people who were around him and people who ran companies and dance critics who spoke about him and his work and his genius at such a young age talk about what he would become. Now, they were speaking about him not knowing his life would be short. 
So they talked about him in a way like, can't wait to see the next thing. This is genius. Oh my gosh, his two ballets are the best thing I have seen in years. And so you just think about that. If that was him at, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, and you think about that, what would have become? So it is heartbreaking in one regard. I can talk a little bit more about it without crying through the whole entire piece because I still miss him terribly. But it is just so beautiful to know that for you and for you being a dance historian, that you admire, you know, his work and you could notice it enough to bring it here for your community to share it with him. And I hope people come and see his work because uh, you have taken the time to share it and bring a new light to it. So thank you for that. Oh, it's an honor. I think what amazes me every time I see these pieces in both rehearsal and in performance uh, they've never been performed together. Concerto Cambrio was just reconstructed recently for True. Richmond. Lacrimosa has been performed quite often. If I recall correctly, Empyrean was not done outside of the Joffrey Ballet until we did it. That's right. A few years back. Mm -hmm. So this is quite an eventful evening. So eventful. Um, and the pieces are hard. They're it's hard a mature pieces. choreography. This is not a beginner's choreography that right. we're performing. These are masterpieces. They are difficult pieces. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. It's hard work. Our and you think about, oh, you yes. have great dancers here, but we have to think about how to stage it creatively with the right dancers because for the men, there's so much lifting and the lifts are hard <laughs> yes, they and, are. They're, and it's fast and there's so much jumping and turning and, turning. and moving and catching. And, so, <laughs> catching. and so you think, like, that's a lot in a program for dancers. Yes. So, you know, you have to be cautious of them, too, so right. that it is okay for them, and it shows their strengths, and they have enough rest and breath to it. But it will be an exciting evening in that regard, oh, because yeah. just to see them all in one base will be beautiful to see, for one, and then also exciting to see. Well, I would encourage our audiences to come a little early because there is a beautiful photo display of Eddie and his works and costume designs. It's really beautiful. Some of his costumes, actually, and his gold medals will be there. So the legacy does continue. I want to share a little bit about the Edward Sterley Showcase, uh, something that has to do with his legacy that is so exciting and touching is that after he won at the IBC and they brought back the full-length ballet to the IBC in 1990s, moving forward after my brother passed, they were trying to find some way to honor him because they were inspired by him as well. By winning the gold medal and the opportunities that presented to him, they wanted that to inspire people as well. So what they decided to do was create the Edward Sterling Showcase. And so when the international dance community came to Jackson, Mississippi, every four years, they had uh, something called the Edward Sterling Showcase. So a dedicated time where there was a performance and the performance was for all of the dancers who did not get to dance their strongest piece and be seen by the international community. So with regards to the IBC, when my brother was dancing it, there were four different rounds. 
and you have to get past each round, and many dancers save the fourth round for their best piece. Eddie took a risk by dancing his own solo that he choreographed by himself by dancing that in his fourth piece, but he still won a gold, and he was very lucky. He made it to the end and won a gold. You know, many dancers are eliminated in first round, second round, third round, so they never get to their fourth piece. So at the Eddie Sterling Showcase, they would dance their fourth piece, and they would be seen by the international community. And with regards to that, those dancers got to have their moment, let other companies see their work, let other ballet companies and other dancers talk about them. It helped their careers, which is a so Eddie Sterling. It is so the underdog still gets a chance. And so it's so beautiful. So 2006, 2010, 2014, 2018, they've had a showcase for him. So because of COVID, they didn't get to do 2022. They're looking to do it this year. So it's exciting. You know, it's beautiful. It warms my heart uh, that his work lives on. His so, spirit lives. You know, I am uh, excited for that. He is still inspiring dancers to try and do their best. For our audiences, and this is a two-parter, what do you want them to take away from this, both those who have never seen or not so familiar with dance and those very seasoned dance audiences? That's the best question anyone has ever asked me about my brother or the arts or about dance. When I think about my brother's work, my family, the strength and the beauty that I see in his life, in his legacy, and what all the people around him were able to contribute on his journey through life, I would love for the audiences to take away and the dancers to take away is that be inspired. What are you waiting for? Start dancing. Start living. Live each moment to the fullest. Enjoy every second you have the opportunity to share your art, to share your gifts, to be in a class where you can learn, listen to everything that you can do to improve your craft, learn every aspect of the art that you can. And for the audience, if you are not a dancer or in the arts for yourself, absorb every piece of it. Enjoy the lighting. You have an incredible person who does your lighting here, yes, Miriam. do. Enjoy the set pieces, enjoy the costumes, enjoy every breath of the art. Take all of that in and see how it connects to each other. Carry that music with you when you leave. Those pieces are beautifully haunting. They are energetic and inspirational. So, when you take in the arts in that way, when you take in my brother's work in that way, when you take in everything you brought to this, Karen, with your company, when you take it in in that way as an audience member, your life will be enriched. You will be moved by that experience. 
as you should be. And I know that if you come and watch, you will be inspired by what my brother was able to leave for his legacy. So I hope you come. Thank you for asking. It's beautiful. Thank you. Rose, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, and thank you for all you have done for my brother's work and for this community. It's been a joy. <laughs> thank you. That's our show. We hope you've enjoyed our three-part miniseries on the life and legacy of Eddie Sterling. I would like to thank our guests for this series, Rose Warden, Kim Sagami, and my co-host, Karen Gibbons-Brown. Our staging of Dancer's Legacy and Evening of Sterling debuts next Friday, running May 19th and 20th at the Arch United Center. PBS Fort Wayne will be recording the performances for a future broadcast. Tickets are available at fortwayneballet.org, artsticks.org, or by calling the box office at 422-4226. And for more information on Sterling and our performance, visit fortwayneballet.org slash eddie. Kinetic Conversations is brought to you by Fort Wayne Ballet and Wayne Shaw Productions. If you'd like to receive notifications on future podcasts, please like the podcast and go to fortwayneballet.org to sign up for notifications on performances, podcasts, and more ballet news. You'll also find a library of past episodes on our website in the menu of options. Until next time, I'm Jim Sparrow, and thanks for listening to Kinetic Conversations with Fort Wayne Ballet. This has been a Wayne Shout production. Wayne Shout!